My name is Trish Ware, and I am obsessed with all things pregnancy and birth, and helping you to navigate both the practical and the magical seasons of this journey called motherhood. I'm an all-day coffee-sipping mama of seven. I've had the amazing privilege of delivering many babies in my 15-plus year career as a labor and delivery nurse and as a mama of seven. I'm here to help you take the guesswork out of childbirth so you can make the choices that are right for you and your baby. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not replace your medical advice. Check out our full disclaimer at the bottom of the show notes. Good morning, everyone. I am super excited about today's topic and today's guest. I have with me Elizabeth Agripides, and she is going to be sharing some really important information about infant development. Hello, Elizabeth. Can you tell everyone who you are? Yes. Hi, everybody. I'm very happy to be here. My name is Elizabeth, and I am a pediatric physical therapist, and I have been for over 20 years, and I I worked in every kind of aspect of that job, which that could be a podcast on its own, but I am also a certified teacher, so I taught before that regular like general ed physical education, and then I taught adapted physical education for children with special needs, and then during my physical therapy experience, whatever. I specialized in infants. First, it was birth to three years old. And then I just always liked the babies because it's just they have the rest of their lives. And so I can just make so much more impact and then send them on a better trajectory. And so that's and then I'm also a mother of two. My daughter's 13 and my son is eight. So that's a short version. That's you. <laughs> yeah, so I'm super excited, you guys, because Elizabeth came into our mama membership, Call Mama Society, and taught a workshop about equipment that delays normal development. And so we're going to talk about that today. And I think this is such a valuable topic because a lot of times we as mom are like, oh, look at this. This is so cool and so cute and it's so trendy. And I've seen all these Instagram reels about it and I want one. And so we're going to talk about some of the equipment that might be really cool and trendy and cute, but not necessarily the best for your infant. So let's just dive in and start talking. But first, Elizabeth, I wanted to tell you that Before I record with a guest, I usually stalk them a little bit to see who they are. And I loved on your Facebook page that you were like an 80s rocker chick for Halloween. You saw that, didn't you? (laughs) I did. I loved it, though. I was like, oh, what a cute idea. I need to steal this. Yeah, thank you. That's who we're talking to today, to Elizabeth, who was a cute 80s rocker chick for Halloween. That's right. And today, I have to say, is Mardi Gras for me. I'm from New Orleans, and it's actually Mardi Gras Day, so that's why I have my festive shirt on, because instead of being at the parades... I'm here with you, which is also great. I really hope this lives up to Mardi Gras. Oh, yeah. I'm having a feeling that you may have missed out a little. I don't know. But That's okay. thank you it's for okay. being here for our mamas. Yes. So I'm super excited. I'm happy to. Well, let's go ahead and let's dive in because I did not get to see your workshop in the community 
I know that Taylor Ardula did, and she said it was incredible. So I'm super excited to hear what it is that we need to know about this equipment. Okay, so some objectives when I was putting this together for you is that you're going to learn about the few pieces. There's a few pieces of equipment. We'll go into everything. but And when I say equipment, some people think toys. But I say equipment because toys are more like what's behind me um, that they can interact with. The equipment I'm talking about is things that they can put be put into. And so I also refer to those as containers. And that's, I'll tell you why. But these things have great marketing. And so that's one thing we're going to talk about is like a lot of parents and caregivers think that they're so necessary because the people who market to you have a lot of money that they put into that. And so I want to help you realize like when you can make the choice, you can be more educated on the choice and what you want and what it's doing for the baby, for your baby. And actually the second objective is what you can do and should do actually instead of using all of these really expensive pieces of equipment. And then I'll have a just a quick thing on what you could do next if you want to learn more with me because I actually teach nannies online right now with a program and a course and I also have it where you can work with me and in a kind of group setting like an academy and we do more development. So let's jump in here. So exploring some popular equipment. Okay, we're going to talk about a car seat and the picture of this car seat you'll see the baby is perfectly positioned just so you know. So there's a lot of conversation on car seat safety and how to put them in there. So I sidebar, I picked the picture that the baby looks really good in in their positioning. So the thing about car seats is they were meant for travel in the car and for car safety. And that is what they should be used for, okay? Now, I also mentioned that I'm a mom of two. So there are some things I will address that are reality, right? I, we all know that everything's not ideal all the time. And when I teach about proper infant development and all these things, it's not meant to cause more stress. It's meant to give you the education. And so then when you're making a choice, you know what that choice is doing. And so I can't say that I never kept my children in the car seat if they fell asleep in the car and we came inside and they were still sleeping in the car seat, just for example. But what you'll hear across this conversation is that it should be about 20 minutes, 30 minutes at the max that you have your baby, <coughs> excuse me, in a container. All right. So we're going to start off talking about there's a car seat and then there's a swing and then they have boppy lounger now, not just the boppy. They made a special boppy. Wow. I don't even think I knew that. And then there's your regular boppy. And then from there is a bouncer, and then there's a walker, and then there's exercisers, and then there's jumpers that hang from the door, then there's feeding chairs. What I'm going to, I'll go through a little more detail, but the concept that I want you to get from all of these things is that imagine that you just didn't know this, and you were going through your day, and your baby went from one of those containers to the next, you might have no idea that you're taking away, or the baby is missing out on all of the proper development experiences 
that he or she needs to have in order to become who all of us parents, we want the best for our children, right? We want them to become who they're the greatest that they can be, right? Mm -hmm. In starting this early, they need opportunities to learn and experiences to learn. That's how babies learn. That's how their brain develops. That's how it connects with their body as the body is developing. And so I teach really in depth on this too, like the brain body connection. And so if a baby were to go a car seat to a bouncer to all of these things, they would be the majority of their time in a container that is restricting them from experiencing the environment, which is how the brain learns. Okay. I mentioned the car seat because a lot of times it's convenient and I know that they look fine, they look comfortable, and it's the same with a, a bouncer because everything has awesome toys on it. And so the baby might look content and happy, but if you look at each one of these pieces of equipment, the baby is restricted in some way. So the car seat, they're very restricted, okay? But if they were sleeping for finishing a nap for 20 minutes, not a huge deal. But as soon as that happens, they need to come out and not go directly into a swing, for example. And I'm giving these as examples. And a swing can be great, but in a very short time. So the reason I say it is because I'm this picture of the swing, the baby is curved in their body. They're curved like this inside of the swing. And so they're going to have limited use of their arms for reaching and a limited view of the environment because usually the sides of the swing come up and then their legs, they have the seatbelt, right, in between their legs, which is great because you don't want them to fall out. But then they have limited use of their legs and their feet and experiencing. And so the, re the way that a baby learns movement is trial and error also. And so if they were in this swing and there's toys in a certain area, that's the only experience that their brain's going to get. And they're going to do that over and over. And then the other thing is the pathways that go to the brain for a learned experience. The more you use one, the stronger it gets. Like um, I use the analogy sometimes as a, you're carving something in a piece of wood and like the more you do it and do it, it just gets deeper and deeper. And all the other sections of the piece of wood are unchanged. And so it's the same when you're making these pathways, we want to make sure that you're doing the correct pathway, the best pathway, because if not, you're strengthening the wrong thing. And all of this could be unintentional. So that's why I'm here, because you might go, oh, wow, I never thought of that before. The swing looks great because the company spent $5 million to make everyone see how great the swing is. And it can have its uses, right? My, there's some children, some babies who have a little bit of difficulty with keeping their milk down for a short time. I don't say reflux because not every baby is diagnosed with reflux, but it's they need a little bit of time in an upright position. Totally understandable. And that's when some of these pieces of equipment can be great. They can be safe. So this boppy lounger that you have to check out is it's like a boppy, but then it has like more material in the middle. So it, the baby essentially is very comfy, but it's he or she is settled in the middle of it. 
So again, they're restricted. They can't do anything else. And would you call that a container type thing is what you're classifying that as? Okay. There are uses for the boppy minimal. People think there are more uses for the boppy than I think are the best choice. I, this boppy lounger and the boppy where you lay the baby on their back and then their head is elevated, I think is great for a post feeding for about 15 minutes-ish, 15, 20 minutes, digestion. And then the other thing we have to consider is that babies, the younger they are, the more they're sleeping during the day. They have a very minimal awake time. And so as they gradually get older, they have a little bit more awake time, right? But if all their awake time, let's say, was in like this cute swing and then this boppy lounger and they're just, they're settled into that position and their head is down, the back of their head, right? They're not getting all of the benefits from different positioning, which is very important. That's, we can talk about this as well, but the tummy time and even sideline, people a lot of times don't know to position and sideline. And tummy time doesn't only have to be on the floor. I teach this whole thing. It doesn't have to be on the floor. It doesn't have to to be only like a therapy session, right? You said you're watching, you're like, okay, they have to do five minutes of tummy time. It doesn't have to be like that at all. But the reason I teach this class is because the first step is knowing how much time are you using these containers and paying attention to that, just being mindful of that, and then finding some other options, okay, which I'm going to move into shortly. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask you if you're taking away for some of these moms, in better words, these lifesavers that they've been using and now they're like, oh, great, that's the only way I can get dinner done or get my house cleaned or take a a break for some self-care. What are the alternatives? And I'm coming up to that very shortly. But before I say that, I do want to say the the bouncer is what I call it. I used for my daughter so I could take a shower. It's not that these things are inherently bad, except for, I will say, a walker. We don't need a, you don't need to use a walker at all. There's just no need. And I can go in more detail later. Do they, do they even still make walkers that move? I don't think I knew they that. They do. And then I, I, the jumpers in the doorway. They, oh, like the Johnny Jump Johnny up jump, thing? They call them different. I would yeah. just say no. Just say no yeah. to that. And then if you want to know why, reach out to me. I'm happy to talk about it more. So I'm a mother of five boys. Yes. So I'm well aware of why. <laughs> yeah. Because it can cause a lot of problems with hernias for boys. Oh, that that is true. That was not even yeah. one of my things. But yeah. Oh, that's what I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I was saying about a bouncer, for example, I want to take a shower, guys. I, Ladies, I know this, right? I was a mom. And you want to wash the bottles and you want your baby to be in a safe. So one thing I'm going to offer you today is as you're cooking of this, go slow, but create a safe play space is what I call it. So if you're thinking ahead, create a safe space where the baby can be on the floor. The baby can be in one of those play gym mat that has the little toys hanging, but it's essentially on the floor. So we want it to be cushioned, but not soft. You don't want to pile a bunch of blankets because you don't want the baby's face like stuck in a comforter. Um, But you start creating this safe space and you're going to thank me later because 
what this is going to do is create that baby for you that turns into the toddler that is able to play on their own. And so self-entertainment. <laughs> this is important. Right. And so that they're able to play on their own without being on an iPad and a TV. So you create this child. I'm going a tiny bit off topic, but I'm very passionate about this. No, we're, we love this. Okay. I love off topic. And I have an eight-year-old who I'm struggling with this very topic with. So not that everything, I'm not saying if you do this, your child won't have any issues. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you start this concept from the beginning. This play-space idea can be adapted as the age changes, but it's the same concept. And so this is one thing that I plan on teaching in this Mom's Let's Develop Academy because the baby's going to change. And then you're like, this play space doesn't work anymore. But just start being mindful. So let's go with a six-month-old or four four to six-month-old. You guys have new babies, right? This is like... Some, a lot of my moms already have children because I have the VBAC lab, which is okay. a full birth course for moms who have had a cesarean that want to have a vaginal okay. birth. So a lot of my moms have other children. But I'm gonna, We have a I lot of gonna, students who aren't first-time That's moms. true. I'm going to go a little younger because I think that the infant time, or people always question this, that the infant can't be on the floor on something. And I think that they can. Not that I think. I know that they can as long as it's a safe space. So what I mean by, just an example, if you have big dogs, you would want to get one of those, not a gate, the white things that kind of enclose the baby. And like a guardrail yeah, type. Yeah, a guardrail. That's just like if you, <laughs> yeah. if you have a large dog or you had, yeah. I was working in one house and the father was in a wheelchair. And so he had to do his thing. And so we created a special circumstance because I was like, you got to get him on the floor. He was so delayed, but he had zero diagnoses. Like he had no diagnosis. He had nothing neurologically wrong with him, this baby. And he's doing absolutely amazing because I said, you need to get him out of this little thing he was sleeping in. He was old enough. I was like, you need to get him on the floor. And she just didn't know. And so she was an amazing client. I loved it because she did everything I said. <laughs> and she was like, okay, I can do that. I can do it. And certain toys that are developmentally appropriate, they go there. But when the baby's an infant, you're there. It has to be somewhere that you're there and you're watching them, but they can be on their tummy. They can be, I teach strategies if the baby doesn't love their tummy, right? You, there's ways to adapt it just a little bit incrementally so that they can tolerate it. And then you can move them on their side. Side lying is fantastic. They can be on their back looking at the toys that are on the play gym. And as they get older, what happens is you can just spread the space out a bit but you're still making it safe and there's ways to do that and it's it gives you this option of I need to do something but I need the baby to be safe and then I'm also going to add that the biggest present you can give your baby especially your infant no all ages starting with infancy is being present. Like I said, I have raised, I'm raising two children. I know the realities, but I'm, again, giving you these things because if you can take this time and slow down, breathe, you've had a baby and you don't have to jump back into every single thing that you were doing before. Your life is different now. 
whether you're ready for that or not. <laughs> Sorry, but it's different now. So if your life provides you this opportunity, I understand not everyone has it, but if you do, slow down and take time to be, let's say you're going to sit on the sofa and you're just going to relax for a minute. Your baby can be next to you on the sofa because they're an infant. We're talking birth to two months. So let's just say they can be on your body. They can feel you. They can be on the sofa, on their tummy. You're right there. They're not rolling yet. That is okay. I wouldn't leave a baby there at all. I even two months because you never know. Sometimes you have a prodigy and then of course when you leave they'll roll over. But that's when you can also have, there's another kind of things I teach on, is a baby carrier. I love the Moby wrap example because then if I was going to be in a kitchen for a period of time, sometimes I'd slip my baby in there and move around the kitchen. There's just so many different options if you understand the development and how much development is happening in this time. The development doesn't start later when the babies start moving, like at six months old. Development doesn't start then. It actually starts in utero. They're already developing. They, It's amazing. And then when they come into the world, it's go time. They're like taking in information and the sensory systems being developed. And there's just, there's so much. The first two months are very, very, not powerful, but influential in who they're going to become. The base of your brain is being developed where like stress responses are being learned. And it's like the foundation of so many things. And this training on equipment is just like scratching the surface of this is where you start. And if you can take them out of some things where normally you just would have put them in there because you didn't know that there was anything better to do and start putting them on a floor in a safe place, you've already done a ton for their development. And um, then you can keep learning from there. And I love that you said there there are alternatives. Let me start that over. I love that you said there are alternatives to tummy time on the floor because I know a lot of my students, they have babies that hate tummy time. And one of the things I recommend is putting tummy time on top of you. You can lay down and they can lay on top of you and look right into your face. And we all know that infant regulation can happen on top of mom, like everything. So do you have any other suggestions for tummy time besides maybe on top of mom? Or is that something you recommend as well? Yeah, totally. But mom doesn't have to lay on the floor. So that is one option. If mom wants to be on the floor, that's totally fine. But even if- I, I normally say lay in bed and just put them on top of you, lay on the couch and put them on top of you. So you can also be in a reclined position on a, on a sofa or a chair. Like I have many pictures of my daughter. She looked just like this. And she was, yeah. she was sound asleep. And I didn't even need to be checking my phone, to be honest. I think that we we think so many things are happening, but like once I got used to like, this is what I was doing. I don't know. It was, it's calming for our brain, but there's, there's some other ways you can do it on your lap. You yeah, can put them on, on your, and there's places that their arms need to be versus in other places. Like when you're doing these things, I kind of want you to be aware of their body. And some things that help tummy time versus not is if you 
I teach a little bit about this, like the pressure of gravity and where gravity is pushing them. And if a baby is not tolerating it with full gravity, how you can change that a little bit to make it a little easier. There's different strategies, but definitely on your body, you even being on the floor with on the sofa next to you, on your legs, and you can change the position of your legs. It doesn't have to be one one thing. And it's definitely not, I don't agree with the, they're crying, leave a minute. They're crying, doesn't matter. You gotta do your five minutes of tummy time. That's not learning. The whole point of tummy time, and I also call it floor time, is because it has to continue past where they're just laying on their stomach. Like floor time has to be a way of life. If you want this baby that you just created to turn into this wonderful human, they have to be able to experience and do these opportunities or they're limiting, their learning is limited, right? So if Tommy Time isn't either contact me or what I figure it out is what I'm saying the best way for your baby. And getting creative yeah. as long as it's safe. I think I think that is really key to a lot of things as a new mom is your baby is going to be different than mine and just get creative. Find a way that your baby can do this because they need it for their normal development. Yes, that's exactly right. It's not one of those things that you can say, oh, they hate it. It's too difficult. It's not that big of a deal anyway. I just, and I know that and, and, happens in, in, in reality. And especially when you don't have anything, you don't have any strategies to go try and try different things. If you don't have any other strategies, then you're like, oh, forget it. I don't know how to do this. And I think too, for a mom who's having her second or third baby, one really big lesson in motherhood is that just because it worked really well with baby number one, baby number two might throw a loop in that plan. And that's when you have to start using these strategies. So yeah. for some of you guys, baby number one, oh, loves tummy time. Tummy time's no problem. I can go and do whatever. Baby's safe. And then baby number two will scream their head off because they hate tummy time. And that's where you have to start using some different strategies. So I think it's good. It's like what I teach my girls in Calm Labor, Confident Birth and in the VBAC lab is that you have to have all these tools. You may not use them all, but having them just in case that you know it. So you have that knowledge because knowledge is power. Yeah, totally. totally. And the other thing I feel is if a baby is not liking it or something else, there's a reason. There's a, especially if they're a newborn, right? They don't know not to like things yet to be difficult for our life, right? If they're not liking it, there's a reason. So how do you find that reason? What are some steps? If they, I always check a gas can be something. If they're, sometimes babies, uh, their arms are stuck backwards here and it makes their face planted. So they yeah, are, that's no fun. <laughs> and they are not able. So this is something that I actually work through with either the nanny or the mom because they're stre to try to change this motor pattern that they have. But this is an example mm -hmm. of they're not going to like it because they're, they can't move and they can't like, even if the head was to the side, but they're like, they can't get up. They can't. So in that case, they need a little bit of help to get up off of gravity and to be able to move and to interact with their environment. It could be a tummy issue, right? And if it's a tummy issue, it could just be that it was gas. They needed to burp or they need you to hold them and you can bend their knees up and there's ways to get rid of gas and you can hold them and walk around and try to get some gas out. 
Doesn't mean don't put them back down in tummy time. It's just try to problem solve it. They could be hungry. They could have a wet diaper. They could have a dirty diaper. Yeah, I was was thinking like harder things. But yeah, it could be just feeding time. It could be something easy. Or when your baby's exercising and sleeping, they're growing. That's what they're supposed to do. So then they're going to need more food. So if the same schedule that worked last week might not work this week because it could be a growth spurt, right? Maybe they are yelling because they want more food. A lot of times the formula is, that's another topic too, but a lot of times the formula is, if you read the ingredients, like a lot of times it's not great. And so we don't really question that sometimes because these companies again, with the marketing is so strong. And so a lot of times it's not questioned, is this formula causing all these problems? Because it is a huge factor. It's nutrition. I love that you brought that up because we just published a blog on European formulas Uh compared to US formulas. Wonderful. And I learned so much. So for those of you guys who are listening, I'll link to it in the show notes because it is- It's amazing. Incredible. What they How don't terrible allow. our U.S. formulas are. It's terrible. I mean, it goes to make sense just in general. What we eat here in the U.S. is not great. It's so funny. Total side note, but we can get off on tangents on occasion. Yeah, sure. I did a fast, per se, when I was going through my divorce, just like a total health reset and only ate whole foods, nothing, no preservatives, know anything. And I can't tell you how many people commented on how gorgeous my skin looked, how gorgeous my hair looked. I was glowing. (laughs) All my friends were like, what did you do? And I'm like, nothing. And it took me a minute to put it together that it was my diet that changed everything. And so I love that you're bringing this up because their diet could be everything. It could be causing so many problems. So check out that blog because you will be blown away. And one thing, when my daughter was little, she was, I wasn't producing enough milk with breastfeeding. It was my, she was my first child. So I was like all freaking out because, you know, you're supposed to be sustaining your child and then you can't. It's very emotional. And then, yeah, I had the same with Grayson. The hospital so nicely sends you home with a little free package of Similac, Infamil, something. And it's, oh. I said, go grab that thing from the pantry and we'll try that and and maybe she can eat or whatever. She took one little tiny taste of that, this three-month-old, and goes like, sticks her tongue out. (laughs) And I'm like, what do you mean you don't like it? This is what they gave me to give to you. So then we decided to taste it. It's disgusting. It was so disgusting. And I said, wow, more power to you. I don't think I would have tasted it. I'm feeding it to my newborn. I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to taste this stuff. It was so gross, y'all. And we wound up problem solving through that. And I did some more breastfeeding problem solving to produce more. But then I also found an organic different formula to supplement me and total different story with that, but belong to with your blog, right? But anyway, it's just problem solving these things. But we don't have to just believe what all the marketing says. There's other ways to think (laughs) than what they tell us to think. And now we live in a day and age, like even when we had our eight-year-olds, it would have been a lot harder to find European formula options. It's just, so, yeah, it's just so much easier. And with the, I think with the formula shortage, which turned out to be almost a blessing in disguise in some cases, 
because I feel like our minds were open to the these different options that are much healthier for our babies. Like it it literally blows me away how much healthier the European formulas are. Yeah, a little bit of another sidebar is if you go into the EU, other things too, like they ban a lot of ingredients in food and beauty products. It's banned and they can't put it in their products, but the United States does. So yeah, it's terrible. And like baby products, (laughs) like lotion, the whole thing, the whole thing. But I was going to say something. I'm sure it was going to be good. This is but. this is another side note. Sorry, guys, but we like side notes. It's like me and Elizabeth are having a cup of coffee at Starbucks <laughs> and we're just chatting. Stacy, who's my content manager, which I believe you may know, she was a nanny for many years and she's a baby care specialist. So I will come to her and be like, oh, I'm going to do a po- or post or reel, blah, 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 and I'm going to use this product. And she's like, oh, no, you're not. That is so unsafe. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... Thank you. I don't know this. So yeah. thank you. So shout out to Stacy for keeping me on my toes. I, <laughs> now you have when me I had also. My, yeah. When I had my older kids, we didn't have the internet. So, you know, I'm dating myself, but I have a 32-year-old and we didn't have all this. We didn't have diaper choices. We had Huggies di- and we had Huggies, Pampers, and Loves. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. So we had no choices on all these things that you guys have available to you. That's incredible. I love that we have this. I love that we have podcasts and we have blogs and we have Pinterest and we have all these places where we can go and we can find information. But it's all, again, right back to that root. Knowledge is power. If you don't know, I, I say this at the end of every one of my free classes that I do. If you don't know your options, you don't have any. So if you only go to the pediatrician's office and they say, oh, your baby needs formula, here's what you should give them. They give you the sample pack. Heads up, there's a reason they're giving you that brand. And that's a whole nother story that has to do with money and marketing. But there's a reason they're giving you that. So, you know, they're not going to offer you maybe the best one for your baby. That is your job. Yeah. To search it out. But the education in that one in that searching thing sometimes especially in my area what I teach of development it's very confusing and so you can go on five different sites of course if you google something it gives you like 20 options right so you can go and you can go to each one and it'll give you something different and so then if you were questioning something on their movement pattern or their, you're like, which one am I supposed to do? And so that can be really confusing too. You have the oversearch versus the, so I was just going to say, try to keep that in balance. And um, Oh yeah. And you want to make sure you're getting your information from someone who is an expert. Even in my field, there are birth classes popping up everywhere. There's going to be a huge difference between a birth class that is created by a labor and delivery nurse like myself who's been in the field for 16 years and who has birthed six children than someone who just became a doula, maybe, or someone who just became a labor and delivery nurse. I tell my girls all the time, it took me at least five to six years before I became very confident in my skills in the labor and delivery room. It is not an easy field to go into. It's a constant learning, constant learning. And so I love that you said that because Joe Blow can create a Wikipedia and then I can go in and edit it for him. So it's like you you really do want to make sure that the information you're getting 
you're balancing it between experts and people with experience. Yeah. And I have a couple ways that you guys can find me online that we'll post at the end for you to, you can reach out. And I'm not one of those people who has a hundred videos. Here's how you teach your baby to crawl. And here's how you do this. Because not that I can't do that. I teach a more holistic baby approach. Like I'm talking about what's happening in their brain and what's happening in their body and problem solve this tummy time because of this. And now they need to be rolling and, you know, their arms should look like this. And if not, it means this. And so it's not one little piece of the puzzle and then your baby's a yeah. perfect. But yeah, we're giving you a lot of information. So yeah. if you <laughs> if you want to check in with me, uh, my email, my Facebook, Instagram, and then, like I said, there's some, some other ways if you wanted to learn more. I'm happy to talk to you. I'll definitely link to that in the show notes. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to just conclude this episode with so that they have just a wealth of information? Let's see. I'm looking because I didn't follow my presentation at all. No, just kidding. Yeah, we don't mind that. I'll do a little, I'll do a little wrap up like on my what to do instead. Give opportunities for free movement. All right. Play with purpose. That's one of my taglines, which is providing opportunities for learning, but with age appropriate play activities. And so you're playing with purpose. It's not forcing, right? But you do have a little bit of purpose to the toy and why do they need to get it and how, you know, they're going to benefit holding them in various positions and then using a wrapper, a carrier, not always being in something and you don't have to hold them all the time. It can be various ways. Just as a little recap. Yeah. Let me just ask about the wrapper carrier because Grayson had the dairy soy allergy, MSP. I think that's right. And he was just not a happy baby. Yeah. Unless I had him on me and I used my solely baby wrap 24 seven because that was really the only way either one of us had a peace of mind until I did an elimination diet and figured it out. So how much is too much as far as baby carrier? Is there or because I'm not joking, he's baby number seven. So at the time that he was born, I had four other children at home ranging from nine years old to 17 and they all wanted to carry him. So he that's just crazy. By yeah, the way. <laughs> he yeah, I'm a little crazy. But those of you who listen to me weekly know this anyway. So he was being held or carried a lot. He did get tummy time for sure. And probably more for sure more than five minutes. But how is there too much time in a carrier or a wrap? The way that I'm going to answer that is they should be on the floor as much as possible. So I'm flipping it on you a little bit. And I realize that but okay, that's fine. They should be on the floor as much as possible in this safe play space or right. And so where else? So you're saying that should be the majority of their time? Yes. Is on the floor? Yeah. Okay. That should be the primary focus. Almost like if you're trying to diet, instead of thinking about all the things that you're taking out, you're supposed to think about what vegetable can I eat with this meal? What? So each meal, if you're planning for what vegetables you're going to eat and then the other stuff comes second, it's a little bit of a mindset thing. So instead of saying... Gosh darn it, I can't have 
french fries or potatoes you should be like oh joy i get to have green beans or at least like when you're planning <laughs> the meal right instead of planning the big potatoes you're planning like the broccoli or the sweet potatoes or whatever and then you're like okay yeah. and maybe we'll have a little bit of potatoes on the side so it like okay. shifts your thinking and so instead of saying how much time can i use the carrier his situation sounds a little different but they, the majority of time should be on the floor, on the floor. And then it's, oh, I want to go for a walk. Let's use the baby carrier. Or I'm going to go to the grocery store. Instead of putting them in the car seat and the thing, I'm going to use the baby carrier. Damn, I really messed that one up. <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> but in your case, it sounds back to what I said earlier. If they don't like something, there's a reason, right? Yeah. So if you would have, you figured well, it out. Well, I don't know that he didn't like it. I'm not saying that. Well, no, you said I'm that saying he was... we all wanted to hold oh, him. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, because there was lots of us. Like at, yeah. my girls in my membership and inside of my classes know that with when he was born, I literally had to say to my kids on the constant, this is my last baby. Let me push the stroller. <laughs> Let me hold him. I want to do it. But anyway, we're going off again. Yeah, yeah. So we definitely need to wrap this yeah. up. I'd say put him on the floor and let the kids play with him on the floor. I got it. Okay, so go. if all of you guys, the main point of this entire episode <laughs> is put the baby on the floor in a safe space. Great. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So thank you so much for coming today. And for you guys who want to connect with Elizabeth, I'm going to link to her information in the show notes. And you can reach out and ask her some questions. All right. Thank you so much. Hey mama, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the birth experience with Labor Nurse Mama. As always, hit subscribe and write a review. Tell us how much you loved this episode or tell us what you want to hear in the future. See you next Friday. Bye for now.